Get your Bibles open, if you would, to the book of Matthew. And uh, Matthew, if you, Matt, if you'll put that picture up. I'm going to show you guys a picture tonight. How many got something out of Sunday morning's message about partiality and racism and all those things? Amen. Was that good? Y'all get something out of that? Amen. Well, look at this guy up here. Anybody seen this picture? All right. He's famous. It's a famous homeless man. So this guy right here is uh, walking into a big mega church. This is a true story. Walks into a big mega church. And for about 30 minutes before service, he's walking around, looking like that. Um, might, might stink, I don't know. I don't know how he smelt or what. But he's walking around, he's asking people for money, just for some spare change. And then, remember, it's a church of about seven to 10,000 people. So that's quite a few people. Pretty good odds that you're going to get some change, maybe, right? Well, he walks around for about a half an hour before the service, and not one person in the church gives him change out of seven to 10,000 people. So he keeps walking around. People are giving him dirty looks, people are looking down on him, people are looking weird at him. Finally, he goes and sits down somewhere around the front. Service is about to start, some ushers come in. And they asked him if he can go sit in the back. So they made him go back to the back. I remember when he mentioned that Sunday morning about partiality and James and treating people a certain way. And uh, so they put him back in the back. The service starts. They go through the praise and the worship. They do the offering, do all the stuff of a normal service. And they get up to a time where the pastor is going to come up and preach. And one of the deacons gets up and says... Uh, uh, they knew this was. They knew this part was going to happen. They said we're getting our new pastor today, and so when they get up to announce the new pastor, uh, they say his name, and everybody's looking around for him to come out, and they're clapping and they're waiting, and no one comes. And then slowly but surely, this homeless man walks from the back of the church to the front and grabs the mic and says, "I'm the new pastor." And they felt bad. His heads began to go down. People began to weep and cry, and uh, he began to say, you know, this, this, is, this looks like to me like a gathering of people instead of a church. Amen. How many know that could be going on today, amen? amen? Well, here's the thing. This is not a true story, but it's a good one. Amen? amen? Uh, if you go look at these things, uh, at Snopes, it'll tell you if it's true or not, but the bottom line is it's, it doesn't matter if it's true or not. It's a good example. Right. And uh, this was put out. Uh, by somebody for the very same reason, just to see how people would react and how they would treat people. And I want to talk just a little bit about that tonight, just piggybacking off of Sunday morning's message. Not so much the partiality or, the, or racism or anything, but just down to how we treat people. Amen? How we treat people. How many know God expects us as believers to treat people different than the world treats people? Amen. So I, I read that and I, and I thought it was uh, interesting and uh, like I said, I went into it to some more. I wanted to go see what the pastor looked like without all that hair. And uh, come to find out that it was a made-up story, uh, that there was no church of that name or that pastor's name and all that. But that, like I said, that's neither here nor there. The example is right. And one thing that makes me happy tonight, and I can say this with sincerity of my heart, is that I don't believe we would treat someone like that if they walked into this church. And that's a good thing. Amen. That's something for us to be proud of. But, I'm, but that's a general statement, and I really want us to think for a second about our personal life and how we interact with people every day, 
not just in church, because we can get a certain sense, and, and I'm speaking to myself, I'm not preaching at you, all of us. We can get a certain sense of spirituality when we're at church. And we can feel like, well, it's my responsibility. This is a church building, and, and it, maybe we would treat a person different in here than we would at the gas station or at the supermarket or on the street or anywhere else. Amen? So I just want to, I don't, I don't go over this tonight in condemning way, just the way for us to consistently and constantly be looking inside of ourselves and where we're at in our walk. And uh, Matthew 25, actually I don't want to go to Matthew 25 yet, I, I steered you wrong. Uh, go to Luke, but you can hold Matthew 25 if you want. In the book of Luke, uh, verse 27, sorry, chapter 6, verse 27, say amen when you're there. I want to read a few verses about how God expects us to treat people. We know we're in December. We know we're closing out the year. We know there's a lot of, uh, we talked about this, a lot of happy people this month and a lot of sad people this month. There's a lot of people who have a lot of joy and there's a lot of people who have a lot of sorrow. There's a lot of people who have a lot of things. There's a lot of people who have, don't have anything. And this is a time of, of great contrast in people's lives. Of, of much or little, things or no things, family or no family. And so... Um, we need to get to a place where we understand what God's word again says about how we should treat each other. And how many know it's easy to treat someone that you love good? Right? You shouldn't have any problem treating someone you love good, although we don't always do that either. I want you to think some about this tonight, like when you talk to somebody. When you talk to people, first and foremost, people you know. We need to not be so familiar with people that we would talk to someone we know different than we would talk to someone we don't know. And that meaning respect, that I would call somebody or call on somebody or talk to somebody out of familiarity. How many know that even if I've got someone in my house, my daughters, my wife, somebody in my family, they still deserve a please if I ask for something. They still deserve a thank you if they give me something. Right. It doesn't matter uh, if it's familiar. We still need to be uh, cordial with each other. And really, we should treat family better than we do people we don't know and bring that all the same. But we should treat everybody the same. Really. Amen. But I want you to think about that a little bit, because sometimes we can get familiar and we can we can talk to somebody and we're all guilty of it in a way that we would not talk to someone that we were at work with or didn't really know. You know, I'm going to throw something out here. Um, just, just to get it off of my chest, because there's nothing wrong with doing that, right? Uh, something happened on Sunday. This person is not here, so it doesn't matter. And I would have said it if they were, because only they would know who it was. Uh, something happened Sunday. A situation took place, and uh, some lights got turned off, and somebody was uh, stuck in the dark, and so they were trying to find the door and all that. I was the one that turned the lights off. If you know me, I'm always going around turning lights off. I don't like the lights to be left on if they're not being used, right? That's okay. So I was turning some lights off, and anyway, somebody in the church uh, was, was in the dark, which is, I understand, that's a good reason to get upset. So we met at the door at the same time, and uh, I, he opened the door, and now you know it's a he, and uh, I was trying to keep it general, and uh, was angry. And so, he, man, the lights are off, blah, 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 and he's blurring and blaring, and I said, I'm sorry, I turned the lights off. He didn't cuss at me, but he talked at me very, very mean and very rude. And I responded to him in a way that I, I, I feel in my heart and I mean this. I, I have had people talk to me in a way I could never talk to my pastor. Right. Right. Ever. Right. 
ever. I could never say the words or say something a way that people have talked to me that I would ever talk to my pastor. But that's, I'm just getting that off my chest. And I said that to this person. There was no apology. There's been no call. There's been no nothing like that. And so uh, I've just given that as an example that we have to respect each other. And you can't expect someone to respect you if you don't respect them in the way that they deserve. I'm not saying that I'm I'm not saying that I'm anybody. I'm just saying how I could never say that act that way to the pastor that I love and respect. Okay, I'm not saying that for you to say that to me. I'm just saying that for me, that I try my best to treat people like I want them to treat me. Amen. And so this had nothing to do with why I'm preaching this tonight. That just happens to be an incident that I'm using as an example tonight. Uh, about how we talk to each other and how we treat each other and how we love our enemies. If the Bible says we're supposed to love our enemies, we should much more love those who are not our enemies. So Luke 6, look at this verse 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. Man, that's a tough call, Amen. To him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Now, many people have made a joke about that over the years and say, I've only got one cheek. Sorry, two cheeks. Amen. So if I get hit twice, I can respond. Amen. That's how some people take that verse. Verse 31. And just as you want men, watch this, just as you want men to do to you, you also should do to them likewise. And so before we go on in this for a few more verses, that's everything. That's how you want someone to talk to you. That's how you want someone to treat you. That's how you want someone to to interact with you. You just can't. And I'm not talking about having a bad day. I'm not talking about uh, being grumpy or angry. We all have those things. But if we make a mistake, if we say something out of character, make it right. Don't just let it go. And let it be, make it right. Because we've all done that. We've all woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Some of us wake up on the wrong side of the bed a lot. Amen, just saying. But we've all woke up on that side of the bed, right? But that doesn't mean that everybody else has to be under our wrath. Amen. Amen. It's, not our, it's not everybody else's fault we woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Can you say amen, please? Okay. I know I'm talking to some real people here. So as you want men to do to you, also do to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, look at 32. What credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. So he's basically saying, don't take the easy way out. And if you lend to those whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to receive as much back. How many know that God has a high standard for us as believers? Amen. His standard is high. Listen, there's going to be many times that, that we fall on these areas and fail on these areas. Many times. But it needs to be our intent of our heart to not fail in these areas. It needs to be our intent to, to be better than the world. Amen. You know, there's a there's this is an old saying, but it's really true. Many people don't believe in God today because of Christians. They've seen such a horrible example in believers. And listen, this is a time of the year 
where it, these things can build up. I was thinking about this when we were praising and worshiping. You know that I'm, I'm always straightforward with you. I'm always honest. And I was thinking tonight, this is a little lower crowd than normal. I'm, I know there's people that are sick, but there's no doubt there's some people that just didn't come tonight. That's always a situation and a case. seems like we get to December and when we should be drawing closer to the Lord and it's the birth of our Savior and we should be more and more falling in love with the Lord. We, like I said a few weeks ago, we kind of loosen the belt. We kind of say, ah, you know, it's the end of the year. If I miss a few times, it won't be no big deal. Whatever. There's an attitude that happens that's, this is my favorite time of the year, but this is also can be my, the, my least favorite for that very reason. That we get this attitude. And I know y'all sitting know what I'm talking about. It's just this attitude of lethargic and, well, it's no big deal and I'll just let it go. And we just we let ourselves go in a lot of different ways. And so we can do that also this month as everybody's busy and buying. You're going to parking lots. You're going to stores that are busy. Everybody's going. Everybody. Not everybody's got the same mentality we should have as believers. that Jesus is the reason for the season. A lot of people don't know that, and they're just out doing gifts, they're out doing Santa Claus, they're out doing whatever, and, 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 or they're angry because they don't have any money to buy these things. There's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on this month. This is the time where we need to be conscious of that situation and go out of our way to be friendly, to go out of our way to be nice to people, amen? Go out of our way to show the love of Jesus. We can't say that we, Jesus is the reason for the season if we don't act like Jesus, amen? Now listen, I'm not saying we're not going to have moments. I'm just saying, in the back of our minds, let's keep this conscious in our spirits to say, Lord, help me do better this month than any other month, amen? Help me excel when it seems like it's the best time to let go, right? Right? Because we can do that in every area of our life. We have to be, be careful to finish strong at the end of the year and not let it go. Because listen, you could, you could unravel this month everything you've gained in 11 months spiritually in one month. You could just lose it all and you have to start back over at zero again. Amen. You can. You can lose it. If you, if you just let things go, you know, and I, that relates many times to the physical. We always talk about how at the beginning of the year, uh, you, you start off with those New Year's resolutions and you do all these things and then it, flo- it's lo- it just gets looser and looser and looser as the year goes on. And anything you've gained the entire year, you lose by December because of that same attitude. I believe that can happen spiritually too. That all the discipline we've gained in prayer, all the discipline we've gained in the word, all the discipline we've gained in all the areas of our life, if we don't watch it, we'll end up being at the end of December saying, oh Lord, I got to start all my goals over again. Amen. I don't want that. So we need to, we need to work in those areas. C- continue reading with me for a few more verses. And it says, and if you lend to those, verse 34, who, whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners and receive much as back. But, verse 35, love your enemies. Now enemies can be in the family sometimes. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And pastor said this tonight at the offering, and your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the most high, for he is, watch this, he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Who's he going to be kind? How's he going to be kind if he doesn't have us? He uses us to be kind. Amen. We're his vessels. It says, therefore, be merciful, just as your father also is merciful. We read a verse like that in Sunday morning that we, we have mercy overcomes judgment. Amen? We need to get to the end of this year and remember how far God has brought us all. 
And this is an area all of us can work on. All of us can think about. All of us can do better at the end of this year just to, just to get into the new year on fire for God. Amen? You know, I was thinking another thing. That, that, that as the year goes on and ends, we, we can't stop reading our Bible. We can't stop our devotions. We can't stop praying. We can't stop giving. We can't stop coming to church. We can't stop loving. We can't stop all these things we've been doing because otherwise, again, we're going to lose all the ground we've gained. How many would say this year you've gained some ground this year? You've learned some things. You've grown as a believer. You've gained some ground. Amen. How many don't want to lose that? This is a critical month. It is critical for us to stay focused on the things of God. And, and understand that mercy is the only reason we're even standing tonight. Amen? How many, how many get cold sometimes? And when you're cold, how, is anybody cold right now? No? Okay, everybody's good right now? Okay, a couple of people went like this, didn't want to totally raise their hands. Okay. If you're cold, what do you do? You turn the thermostat up, right? And the heat comes on. You know what? The thermostat of this church is the prayer room. The thermostat of this church is the prayer room spiritually and if that prayer room begins to die down at the end of this year and it begins to quiet out and it begins to fall out like a flame going out then our services are going to do the same thing can't expect to have God move in this place right here if we don't go in and turn the thermostat up in prayer and and seek God and pray I, I challenge you that have been praying to not stop. I challenge you that have been in there to pray more. I challenge you that have not gone to go back there before service and pray. Amen. Maybe this month will be the month revival will break out in the prayer room and we won't even make it out to the sanctuary. Amen. Service will start back there and end back there. I'd love to see that sometime. Amen. Go to Matthew 25 just for a couple more minutes here. That was Luke 6, Matthew 25. I want to read something tonight that I think a lot of times it, it can be scary and even condemning if we read it in the wrong way. But I want to show you something out of it tonight as I've been praying about it. Many of you have, have heard it. How many have heard the verses we just read in Luke? Okay, you've heard those verses, but it's not enough to just hear them. We've got to put them into practice. We've got to make them real. Amen. You know, there's a verse in the Bible. You've heard this as well, where the Bible says, Lord, Lord. There's going to be a time when people say, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this? And didn't we do that? Didn't we cast out demons? Didn't we lay our hands on the sick? The attitude behind that is people are going to say, Lord, don't you remember all the things I did? That's the attitude behind that is, is don't you remember all the things I did? We've got to get to a place where we're not living in the past of what we've done. What have you done lately for God? Not what has God done lately for you? What have you done lately for God? What have I done lately for God? We've got to say, Lord, I need to do something new. You deserve more. Okay? We're in, we're in a time of a month of giving. Let's give more of ourselves. Let's give more of our time. Let's give more of our love. Let's be generous this month with everything we have. Let's be selfless. Amen? Let's, let's be at the place. Listen, there's nothing wrong with, with wanting stuff. Nothing wrong with that. But isn't it even better to be at a place where someone asks you, what do you want? And you say, I don't need anything. Again, I'm not downing you if you need something or want something. Kids always want, my girls want, there's nothing wrong with that. I remember being younger, I wanted, there's times I want things. But it's an awesome thing to be at a place in God 
where you just say, I'm good. I don't need anything. I've got everything I need. How many want that tonight? Amen. And if that's your attitude, it'll be probably likely that you'll get some of the things you're not even wanting. But you'll say, hey, that was nice because you're not looking for it. You're looking to do the will of God. You're looking to please the Lord. Let's look at Matthew 25, verse 31. This goes along with what I read in, in the beginning. Actually, let's go back. No, no, let's start in 31. It's fine. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, this is Matthew 25, 31, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered together before him. This is after the tribulation, beginning the millennial reign. And he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Watch these verses. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these brethren, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, how many want to be on the right hand tonight? Trust me, that's where you want to be. Depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Now don't get, don't get condemned here on me, all right? Just hear me out. For I was hungry, you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it, to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. How many want to be on the righteous side? Now, obviously, church, amen, there's some absolute straight, direct, literal truth to this where we are supposed to feed and clothe and, and give water and help and do all these things. But more, even more than that is like everything else we talk about in God is where is your heart in how you treat people? Where is your heart in how you treat people? Because somebody could, could be out today and this is where the balance of the gospel comes in. Do we as a church, for example, feed, clothe and visit prison as much as we should? No. 
But there might be a whole lot of people out in the world or the church world or the world, regardless of what it is, who are feeding and clothing and going to prison and doing all these things that, for one, don't know Jesus. So they got the cart without the horse or they're not doing it with the right attitude. They're doing it with, a, with an, a, an attitude of works that believing that they would do those things, they would inherit the kingdom of God or they would be saved. And that's not how it works. But what God is really, how many know that when God, this is similar to the attitude that God was speaking from when he said, if your left, if your, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Right. Or if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. He's not asking you to literally pluck your eye out or cut your hand off. He's saying, do you take the gospel serious? And that's really what it is. It's an attitude tonight. And, 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 and it, wouldn't it be a shame that if God was really asking us uh, or giving us a test, because this life is a test. Yes, it is. Amen. It's a test. And what if he was watching to see not even so much how we treated some homeless man on the corner or somebody at the store that's in need, but how do we treat the people he has placed around us every day, even loved ones? Amen. How do we treat one another? And that's something that we all have to work on. We all have to, uh, to, to strive for, to stop sometimes and think, Lord, help me be more compassionate. Help me see the need more. Help me reach out more. Help me be less, more selfless and less selfish. I'm guilty. I'm not compassionate enough and not as compassionate as I want to be. Many times my actions don't line up with my heart. My heart's good. My heart's right. My heart's pure. My heart is compassionate, but sometimes it stops there. And I need to get it from my heart to my actions. I think many of us do. And it's not enough just to have it in the heart. We've got to relay it to the body and to the mind and to the words we speak and the things we say. Amen. So let's look one more time at James that we read the other day, Sunday morning. Just one more time. I wanted to look at the last few verses. And as you're getting to James, you're going to stop at Hebrews. So right before you get to James, stop at Hebrews at the end, almost to James. And look at the last chapter of Hebrews, chapter 13. Nobody tonight that's that's homeless or poor or on drugs or on alcohol or anything like that woke up and said, you know what? I want to be homeless. I was watching something this week. I I think something I was, might've been that something I was watching led to another thing where I saw a video of, I don't even know who she was or what her name was, but it was some celebrity. I didn't recognize her young lady. Uh, maybe a teen celebrity into her early 20s. And her and her boyfriend were being interviewed by Dr. Phil and they were out in a park all by themselves, living out of the bathrooms of the park and were totally, both of them, strung out on on, uh, heroin. And this is somebody who is living in a park and sleeping on the ground and taking it, they, they went and they videoed and everything. They said, here's our luxurious bathrooms. And they went into the public. If you've ever been to public bathrooms, how nasty they are. This is where we take showers. This is where we clean ourselves. They're sleeping on the ground. They were, and then they went in the car and they showed them going from place to place. They, watched, they showed the mom uh, in the little inset crying like a baby as she saw her daughter 
doing these things and saying that they stole and they robbed and they begged for these things. Then they, they showed them shooting the drugs up. That, that's a, a girl who had finances and wealth and a few months earlier was living in a mansion with nice cars and a whole lot of money in the bank. Now she's broke and in a park. Who wakes up and says, I don't really like this house anymore. I think I'm going to go live in a park. People are down and out. People make bad choices. People make bad decisions. But as I said that, you know what? You might not have been to the, to the, to the totally far out extreme of who I just described. But many of you in here tonight were at that place in your life when you met Jesus. Amen. And somebody believed in you. Somebody reached out to you and somebody gave you hope. And tonight you're sitting in church instead of sitting in a park on drugs. Amen. Amen. You're sitting in church instead of sitting in a jail tonight. Strung out on whatever or, or no hope for a future. Because of somebody being compassionate to you. Amen. So we need to remember that. We need to, don't forget as we look right real quick at Hebrews 13 to close up. That uh, this Saturday, you might not have got the text, you might not have put on your calendar, you might not remember, but it's going to go down by many or by few this Saturday at 1. I'm going to be here, we're going to go outreach. So whoever can be here, praise God. Whoever can't, praise God. But it's going to happen. And it's not going to rain in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's supposed to be 60 degrees, which is great weather for me, and 10% chance of rain. So Saturday at 1, you heard it. Not going to say it again, but I'm going to be here. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 13, verse 1. Let... Brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue. And verse 2. Do not forget to entertain strangers. For by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Do you believe the Bible? So do I. That means you never know who you're dealing with. That homeless person, that person begging. Listen, I know that we all get intellectual, and I do it myself too, and well, what are they going to go do this with, or they're going you know, to go do this, or whatever. All these thoughts come into our mind. We never know who we are talking to. We never know who God sends into this church. We never know any of those things. We have to, yes, we, yes unfortunately, we live in a world we've got to be careful. We have to be wise. We have to watch to make sure no one's carrying a gun. It's a crazy world. I understand that. But inside of all those parameters we have to live in, we need to be compassionate. Amen? We need to be loving, and we need to reach out to this world. That's why we're called Victory World Outreach. Because we're called to go out of the four walls and be a light to this world. Amen? Don't forget that. And don't forget that that's why sometimes the seats are not as full as they could be. Because people don't want to do that. People want to go be part of a social club for an hour or two a week. That was a good place to say amen. That's just why the church is so big nowadays that's not doing these things. Because we don't like to get out of our comfort zone. And we all have to fight that. I have to fight that too. Don't think just because I'm the pastor that I just automatically pray easy and I just automatically go outreach easy and I just automatically do all these things. I have to fight the flesh every day too. I have to say, God, I'm not going to let, I and I have to lead. How'd you like me just to stay asleep one Sunday morning and just not show up? Have my wife do a webcam and show me in this bed asleep, amen? Say, this is just how he felt this morning, amen? 
Uh, it's, we, we, I got to lead, so I got to say we're not going to drop the ball. We're not going to stop being Victory World Outreach. We're not going to stop reaching the lost. We're not going to stop preaching. We're not going to stop going out. We're going to st- believe that God's going to build the church. Amen. Amen. As the musicians are coming, listen, I walk around this church almost every day, and when I'm praying, I'm frustrated with God because we have not built the church I know God wants to build. That's not a building. That's a people. And, and And I'm not God. All I can do is keep doing what God's called us to do and you keep doing what God's called you to do. And together we're going to build a church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. But it is a remnant church. It's not that it's not, there's a church that needs to stand today in these last days. More than ever. And sometimes the church has to fight itself, meaning its flesh, its own ambitions, its own desires. And we have to continue to say, God, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit loving people. I'm not going to quit treating people right. I'm not going to quit uh, going out of my way to show your compassion and your love. Amen. I'm going to have my heart pure. And listen, that only comes from coming to church and hearing a message that pricks your heart hearing a message that challenges you. Amen. You got, we have to be challenged. Before I come and challenge you, I'm challenging myself. I'm laboring before God in His presence. I'm praying and I'm stirring myself up and I'm praying that I can come challenge you so that I don't get complacent. Because as the head goes, so goes the church. And I don't want this, I, I, I don't want this to be another, listen, I've been around this block a whole bunch of times. I know what December looks like. I know the attitudes. I know the thoughts. It's funny sometimes when I counsel people, talking to a young man today who's, he's coming and going and, and man, I just, you just don't understand and blah, blah. Man, I've seen his situation 50,000 times. And what I'm trying to tell him is going to work, but he doesn't want to hear it because he knows better. This is his first ride. Y'all know what I'm saying? I've seen this over and over again as a pastor every year. There's certain parts of the years where it's more of the year where it's more dangerous than others. I'm trying to grab you and shake you up and slap you in the face and say, get back out in the boxing ring and fight. Don't sit in this corner no more because the devil's gonna come take you out. He's not, he's not coming to play. He's coming to take you out. Amen. It's a crucial time. This is a time to stand up and fight. This is a time to get, get alone with God more than ever. This is a time to, to, to remember what James 2 says. Let me read this verse as they're playing this song. James chapter 2. We read it Sunday morning. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. You know what that means? I better be being merciful. I have to, I have to be showing mercy. I have to be dying to myself and being merciful so God's judgment does not come on me. Do you understand that verse? If I want God's ju- mercy, I need to be merciful. I can't be judgmental and ex- not expect God not to judge me. I need, and I'm not, I'm not talking about not calling out sin or things. I'm talking about be merciful. Be, realize how merciful God is to you because he says mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. You know what that means? That means at the end of the day, when you're standing before God, he's looking at your heart. And only you know and only I know if our heart is pure. You got to keep it that way. You got to guard yourself from this world. 
You got to guard yourself from yourself sometimes. Sometimes if you could see a picture of yourself, you'd be shielding and pushing off yourself. You'd be like boxing out for a rebound. You'd be pushing yourself back and you think it's the enemy and it's you. Trying to be lazy, trying to be selfish, trying to be angry. Got to fight ourselves back. How many know we are our greatest enemy? We were also our greatest asset. So you choose which one you're going to be. I choose to be an asset. I choose to be a comforter. I choose to be an encourager. That's why we're here tonight. That's why we're, we're here as a family, encouraging each other. Hey, it's good to see you. Hey, it's, I'm glad you're here. Hey, I'm glad you made it. Hey, let's, let's, fi- let's fight this battle together. You're doing all right? Let's pray for it. We're here together for each other. Amen. This is practice for heaven. This is practice. And and I'm not saying this when I say treat each other. I feel like we're in a good place. I'm not saying that because something's wrong. I'm saying that because we have to constantly be looking at how we're treating each other in our own family, in our own relationships, because that's God's heart. So he says, hey, I'm going to look. At the end of the days, I'm going to look at how you treated people. And according to how you treated people, it's how you're going to get treated. So if you've been merciful, I'm going to be merciful, God says. You reap what you sow. How many have been saved long enough to realize all these principles in the Bible come back around? They all run together. They all make sense. You hear these things, and the longer you've been saved, you go, man, this is the, this is, this is the real deal. I can't get out of nothing. I'm, this, is, this is real. I, however I treat people, it's going to come back around to me. And so I better fight this flesh. I better fight this desire to stop. I better fight this meanness in me. I better cast this devil out. Amen? Some of us need to get some mean devils cast out. And some selfish devils cast out. And some angry devils cast out. And some prideful devils cast out. And some lazy devils cast out. Amen? We all got a bunch of, and I don't mean that they're in us, I mean they're oppressing us. Amen? We need to get them out. And be free to do what God has called us to do. Which is reach the lost. Share the gospel touch lives see other people get saved amen see that as you stand to your feet tonight see that homeless man walk in all shaven up and full of the holy ghost because we treated him with love say man this church loved me this person loved me amen listen i've said this before it's the last example i want to give you I used to walk down the streets of Costa Rica, dangerous areas. My daughters, my wife know this, dangerous areas. Everywhere I went, some of you have heard this, I would wave to people. I'd say hi to people. Even if they weren't saying hi to me, I'd say, hey, how you doing? Hola, como estas? I'd be nice to people. As best I could. Because I knew that there could come a day when I'd be walking down a dark road by myself. And that same person that I treated nice could be someone who saves my life or lets me die. Did y'all get that? You never know who you're talking to on your daily walk at work. You know that coworker you can't stand? That coworker might be the person that you treat right. That might be the one who gives the word for you to keep your job someday. Seriously. You never know who you're talking to. How many have seen Undercover Boss? Go watch that show. Get Netflix, borrow it, find out how to watch it. Go watch some Undercover Bosses. It's a good show. 
It shows how people treat people when they don't know the boss is around. I don't know if I ever did a message on that. Did I? Did I do one? I need to do one if I didn't. It's a good thought. I need to do it again. It's a good thought. Because those employees are talking to this guy and they think he's just some chump or some chumpy, chumpette, however you want to say the lady. They're just some chump just there for work. And they're being videoed. And later on, some of them act like idiots. And it goes up on blast in front of everybody and they look stupid. And some of them really talk good about the company. And they say, man, they, they love their job. And, and, and then at the end, some of them get houses paid off, cars bought, promotions. It's a spiritual principle of what God is doing. He's watching everything we're doing. And at the end, we're all going to give account. So there's going to be some days we're down. There's going to be some days we're not. We don't, we fail. But make those few and far in between. Can you say amen? Amen. Whether you believe it or not, it's going to happen. He said that in Matthew 25. Read it again sometimes. And, and ask yourself, Lord, where's my heart in this situation? 